Hello, Generation Church family, friends, our community here in South County and all over Rhode Island, New England, and, and maybe some people listening uh, from around the world. So I want to encourage you to lean in, raise your expectation for how you are going to hear from God, hear from His Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, we can't wait to connect with you more in person and online in the coming days. We love you so much, church. The best days are ahead. Guys, happy to be in church today? Awesome. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Hello, Dave. So good to see you. Can we give it up for new people, new guests who are in the house? Come on, let's clap a little louder. Come on, let's clap. So glad that you're here. So glad that you're here. And uh, we hope uh, that you come back each week and and that uh, somebody in our church family will, will make sure that you sit with them. There was this young guy here today. I saw him. He's been tracking a little bit. I'm so glad you're here. And I said, come on, sit with me, man. Let's sit. So Israel, can we give it up for this man? I love you, man. So glad you're here. You've been following online. You're I student. So glad that you are here with us. Uh, if you came to, to give today, uh, prepare your giving. And I want to pray over that as we get into the word, uh, the message today. So God, we we thank you for the opportunity to be able to give, God, to be able to give as you lead us. God, thank you for the ways that we can um, partner with you, God, in in all that you are doing here through your church, through your your bride, through, through this house. Lord, we thank you and praise you. God, I pray over every single person, God, who has joined the mission uh, Lord God, and has um, said, I want to partner um, with the gospel here. So thank you, Lord. I pray, God, in times of turbulence in the economy and the world, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for the promise that as we put you first, as we seek you first, and we say that you are our master and not money, and as we give, Lord God, that, Lord, that you will overwhelm us, Lord God, with peace. You will overwhelm us with the confidence of your faithfulness that you always provide. Everyone in this house will be provided for. And Lord God, we say right now, we will be the answer to people's prayers right now by coming alongside people in this church and in this community to partner with them so that no one is hungry, that no one does not have shelter, that no one, Lord, cannot pay bills. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're building and that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church, which is each and every person that calls on your name in this room and online in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, excited to continue our, uh, our series, uh, Easter, Easter Church. And uh, I want to... Uh, have you open up your Bibles, or you can just get ready to read along with the big Bible. Uh, who's thankful for the big Bible that we brought you today? Above, right? Amen? Got a big Bible uh, above me. We have been doing a series called Easter Church. Uh, you don't uh, have to have followed along to um, really uh, receive something from God today, and I believe that this is going to encourage 
um, each and every one of us. We've been calling this Easter Church uh, because the church historically, no matter the denominations or traditions, have really taken the 40 days after uh, uh, the resurrection to really mirror and imitate Jesus who spent 40 days with his disciples talking and and teaching uh, and announcing and preparing them with the reality that the kingdom of God, God's rule and sovereign reign, um, that that God is uh, here, that he's with us and that he's building his kingdom through, through us. I wanna read this uh, reflection on Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20 in a moment. But let me first read some of the first words that Jesus says after his resurrection. And I want you to catch this as he talks about all authority in heaven and earth has been given. What he's saying is, is that because he defeated the grave and the only person to ever be resurrected with a new body, that he has all authority, that he has the power, the one who created life, he has power over death. Amen? It's the greatest true story that's ever been told. And it's why we're followers of Jesus. If he just died, if he just taught, if he was just a great teacher, but not a risen Savior and King, none of this matters, and we are hopeless. But we have, we have hope in, in Jesus' name. I, I want to encourage you with some application with the reality. We talked about it last week that all authority has been given to Jesus. Somebody said this. It was very practical, and I loved it. They said, I've been believing God for a uh, promotion, and my boss said that I was going to have that promotion financially. And they said, I had to wait a lot longer than I had to wait. Anybody had to wait a lot longer than you wanted to wait for something? And she said this, all throughout the waiting, the patience and the impatience, she said it clicked. And when you read the words of Jesus, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, she said, I can trust in Jesus that if he defeated the grave and he's resurrected, I can trust his authority that he's gonna work out these other things in my life because he's God, amen? I think that's a great application. That is what God's trying to do. Whatever your circumstance, whatever situation that you're in. So here's some of the first words of Jesus uh, known as the Great Commission where he's preparing them to be the hands and feet, to be the church. Starting in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 28, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Another translation for that word doubted is they were hesitant. Do you know that God loves you not any less if you are hesitant about who he is? Hesitancy is welcome with God. Verse 18, and Jesus, and by the way, especially people who've been around church or around Jesus for a long time, as they had been for many years, they were hesitant, but some worshiped, many did, most did. Verse 18, and Jesus came and he said to them, all authority 
in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Yes, God said it. God is true to his promises. All authority has been given. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, to observe all that I've commanded you. The reason why I like obey over than just even observe, it's the same word, because it's kind of like uh, if anybody has children or you've been around children, there's a big difference from them kind of observing what you're saying and actually doing it. Amen, right? Like uh, I've said to you 10 times, you gotta do that. I'm contemplating it. I love contemplation, but you need to obey. I love you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God's first promise to us is he's with us, and his first thing that he says after his resurrection is what? I will be with you. Here's a, here's a quote about this from N.T. Wright. He says this, the claim is that he, Jesus, is working to take it from where it was, the world, under the rule, not only of death, but of corruption, greed, and every kind of wickedness to bring it by slow means and quickly under the rule of his life-giving love. Meaning, what he's saying is, is that he's including you and I as he's working out that he has all authority and all rule. Because guess what? Jesus rose from the grave, but the world's still jacked up, right? But let's look at what has happened over the years. He goes on, he says this. How is he doing this? How is Jesus putting everything under his rule, under his authority? Uh, I like, uh, I've often heard it this way. What would it look like if Jesus was in charge of your life? of your business, of your family, of the world? What would it look like if Jesus was in charge of Rhode Island? And I'm talking about far greater than any blessed politician. I'm talking about through the people of God, what would it look like if Jesus was truly our master and our, our king? That's the right question to ask. He goes on and he says this, here is the shock. Right says, through us, his followers, he's doing this. The project, the rescue mission project, only goes forward insofar as Jesus' agents, who's his agents? Representatives, us. You're like, really, me? And Jesus is like, yes, yes, you. <laughs> Uh, the people he has commissioned are taking it forward, amen? Jesus is not like a UFC fighter who says, are you not under entertained? That was from recent. <laughs> he won, he's like, are you not entertained as if Jesus is there and we're just here for the show? And he's like, are you not entertained? He's saying what? You are what? A part of fighting the good fight of faith, Right? That's why we love Mother's Day. You will never meet a mother, a true mother, who has not fought for their kids. It might be misinterpreted by their kids. But they do it, even if you don't get it. 
because they're fighting for you. And every mother would say, no child is raised, although it takes a village, and we'll get to that more next week. It takes a community, amen. But every mother knows, and father, but every mother knows more than anyone that a child is not raised in health, heart, mind, body, and soul just by themselves. But actually, they wouldn't make it more than a day, especially when they're young. But a true mother, and we got a house full of true mothers, never stop fighting for their kids. What I'm saying is, and to continue to quote N.T. Wright, he says this, those who believe in Jesus, who are witnesses to his resurrection, are given the responsibility. Can you say responsibility? That's a good word. Can we just revive that, redeem that? That's a good, can you say good word? That's a good word. A mom just, I have the responsibility to raise my, you get to have the responsibility, amen? It's a miracle. Well, guess what? God has given us the responsibility to go and make real in the world the authority which he has already given us. Amen. So we're gonna go deeper now in this passage of what it means to see the authority of Jesus. He says that's already there in heaven that it will come more on earth. You know the Lord's Prayer? Let's pray this. Our Father who are in heaven. That, if you just stay right there, our Father are in heaven. That's nice, you know, we're somewhere. But then it says this, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom on earth. Here on earth. Your kingdom, God's rule, God's reign, God's authority come on earth. Say in my life. Say in my life. In my house in my thoughts, in my heart, as it is in heaven. That's what he teaches them. So in verse 18, after Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and then he goes on, he says, go, th- go, as you go, as you live, make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. I wanna look at this week, not us making disciples, I want you and I to look at the fact that we are a disciple if you are, and the invitation is for all of us. See, a disciple is someone who is a apprentice, a student, a learner, who's practicing the way of Jesus. Has anybody apprenticed, been apprenticed for something? Worker, anything? Yeah, you have. That's it. What did, what did you apprentice? Cabinetry. My brother-in-law is in the house. How about you? Anybody else? Well, is there a thing that you've, you've had people apprentice with you, right? Has anybody had it gone wrong with you tried to apprentice somebody it didn't work out? Come on, raise your hand. I'm looking at one. Why didn't it work out? They didn't want to work. <laughs> they didn't want to work. Lord, help this generation want to work because it's from you in Jesus' name. Amen? With Jesus, a disciple... You and I is someone who is apprenticing under Jesus. How do you apprentice well? You spend time with the person, right? You spend time with the person, you watch them, you spend time with them, you learn their what? Their teachings, right? This is very practical, okay? Every true good idea that you've ever lived in, every, anything that is reality, it's from Jesus, okay? 
That's how expansive and big his kingdom is. So he's not trying to confuse any one of us. The reality is, is you have to spend time with that person. Guess what Jesus is seeking to do for his followers like you and I? He wants to give you life and life abundant. You know that? So that's why the title of this message is this, The Life You Always Wanted. The life you always wanted. The life you always wanted. Hey, do you feel guilty even asking that? Here's the question to that. What's the life that you want? What's the life that you want? Do you feel guilty asking that? For some people, you might say this. I don't trust my heart. Which is not a bad thing. But has anybody ever asked that? What's the life that I want? Anybody? I've been thinking about this recently. No, this came to me. I went to the spot where I love to go. Okay, I consider myself an ocean mystic. You know, some people were like the, an ocean monk. Some people, the monks that go out in the desert. I'm like, God bless you. I'm going to the ocean. Anybody with me? <laughs> right? You guys, we got beautiful oceans. We, hey, if you want to have a place and a space to spend some time alone with God, a lot of us go to the ocean, don't we? Well, I was with God. And I sense God asked this, what is the life that you want to live? What is the life that you want? What is the life that you want? I want us to look at a story in the Gospel of Matthew that I believe helps answer this question. But here's why this is significant, church, that you ask that question. And I want you to even take a minute and a moment right now. I'm all for call and response. But I want you to actually think, and if you have a journal or a pen or whatever, I want you to write that down or just jot it. What is the life that you want? Right? You can just say, free. this is right now, for free, right? You can just think, what is the life that you want to live? What is the life that you want? When you think about the life that you, that you want to live, think about this. When you are at your funeral and other people are there, what do you want other people to say about you? Right? There's been some great commentary about what's uh, really shifting in society is people thinking more about eulogy values. What that means is when you and every one of us are in the grave, most likely you don't want people to come up and say, okay, because we're going to, you know, because of Jesus. The only way that there's a true celebration of life is because of Jesus, amen? And somebody comes up. Hey, I'm just here, and I just want to say, uh, Stephen, he, you know, he just, he spent a lot of time showing me how, uh, how great his shoe collection was. Or uh, I just want to say, uh, I just want to say, um, you know, I'm just so impressed by, uh, by Douglas's uh, cars. Just amazing. Or uh, can I tell you the Tiffany bags that Susie had? Oh, can I tell, not you, Susie. You're Suzanne. Uh, can I tell you, can I tell you about, can I tell you about, can I tell you about Keith? The amount 
of sweet jackets that he had. I mean, his 50th birthday, he just had the coolest jacket on. Oh, 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 can I just say, Johnny had like three houses. And I was super impressed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking? Some people are like, no condemnation in Christ. The point is, we have to ask the question, what is the life that we want? Because why? The attention that we give, the lifestyle that we live, should often start now in light of the end when it comes to what really matters. Do you agree? People always say, life is just so fast and I can't slow down. Well, slow down. I don't have time to think about all these. Yes, you do. Right now. What is the life that you always want? Look at this story with Jesus. And it's uh, found earlier in Matthew chapter nine. I love this. I love this passage of scripture in this story. The life you always wanted. What is the life that you always wanted? Here's the story from Matthew chapter nine. It will be above starting in verse 18. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood in another um, gospel account, Matthew says the issue, the woman with the issue of the blood, for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. This is the word of the Lord, amen? So what we're looking at in this moment is What is a disciple? Someone who is an apprentice practicing the way of Jesus. So who is Jesus and what does he offer? What is the life, church up here, what is the life that he wants to offer you and I? Well, let's look at this, this woman for 12 years. What was she known as in the community? She was known by her what? Issue. What was her issue? She was known as the woman with the issue with the blood. Was this issue over years, it wasn't external for everybody to see, but it was inward, right? She heard about Jesus. She heard that he was a healer. 
why do we follow Jesus? Why did God make us disciples? Is the question, the life, what is the life you always wanted, is it answered here? This is one of a plethora of stories pointing to the character of God through Jesus Christ. See, when you stop long enough and you ask that question, what is the life that you want? There is something before even you wanting children. I always love hearing stories from people who say this. I never planned to even have kids, and I was content. And now, I can't imagine my world without them. But before kids, before marriage, I was thinking, there is something more than even the good blessings that God gives us that we really want. Has anybody ever had a job or a dream job or a dream relationship? Have you had that? Would you say that you've had that? Well, everybody knows that it eventually comes to an end, right? Our kids are not always young. The jobs that God gives us, we don't always have them. So what is it that we want? What is it that the woman wanted? The man said, my daughter has just died and come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So there was somebody else who had died and they went to Jesus believing that Jesus could resurrect this child. Verse 19, and Jesus rose and followed him and was with the disciples and behold, the woman who suffered with discharge of blood for 12 years touched the fringe of his garment. Right? She so believed, I was thinking about that, the garment. She so believed in who Jesus is, that she was willing to what? She was willing to just do whatever it took to go on up. I don't think Jesus was wearing this coat. But to go on up and to touch. Do you, do you see, church, do you see, do you see what it says though? Verse 21, for she said to herself, I love a pastor recently gave some insight into this and I love how he said it. Where did the victory, where was the victory won in her life? Her faith, yes, but where did it start? In her mind. Where is the battle and the battles in your life? I'm talking about real battles. See, I love Jesus. We say it often, the Bible's not boring, we're boring but I know that you're revived and you're leaning in right now to this reality that what? This story is she had a inside, inner need to be healed. The inner thing that you are wrestling with, I would even say you don't even often have words for it. 
We are complex beings in our hearts and our minds. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is, what is it in you that is sick, that is weary? And what the woman did, what she did, known as the woman with the issue on her blood, because here's what happens and why Jesus, guess what, untangles us from religion and from churchianity. You know what he does? Is that often what happens is people inside and outside the church are known for their what? Issues. Is this not true? Right? To the point that even when you see people highlight the best on social media, we still see people often through their issues. But the reality is, is that nobody really knew this woman. She was known for her issue, but it was deep within her. How did Jesus know? How and why did she come to Jesus? See, a disciple, an apprentice, is to what? Is to remember who God is. See, this is, we have this new kind of mantra in our house that even if we're around the table or even if we're out and about and the kids are loud and messy and running around, guess what? We say what? We are gonna thank God for the mess and for every season of life that we're in because there will come a time that we're gonna look back and say, remember when? Remember that? Remember that? You personally in your life, what is the mess in your heart and in your soul? And have you considered coming to Jesus, not just once, but again and again and again and again and again? Do you know that this woman did not wait to a church gathering or a time when Jesus was doing a healing praying session to what? To touch his garment. What do you believe about with Jesus? Is there a place that you need to be healing? The amazing grace of God, the incorruptible love of God is that no one else has to know, but God knows and you can come to him. One touch brought healing from God. She thought in her mind, she said to herself, if I only touch his garment I will be made well. Do you have that faith today? You know, there's a lot of times in scripture where Jesus asked people, do you want to be healed? Do you know why he asked that often? Because we can get so comfortable in our depravity and in our sickness. Do you know that you can be addicted to a lifestyle that is not of God? Do you know that? Do you know that you can get so used to negativity? You can get so used to depression. You can get so used to anxiety. You can get so used to chaos that if you heard the words of Jesus, do you wanna be healed? The process of healing that he gives, that it's hard for us to even go and touch and say, what difference will this do now? reaching out for Jesus. Do you know that Jesus looks for people who don't just look at other people who need healing, but says there's areas in each and every one of our lives that he wants 
to heal, right? Can I just encourage you? If you're a follower of Jesus, the more you walk with him, the more, guess what will come to the surface? That you need healing in relationships and in every areas of your life. Would you agree, church? Would you agree? So you have a decision. You and I have a decision in our minds. When those times come, when the Mother's Day days come, when life happens, when things come, you have a decision to make. Like the woman, she thought to herself, if I only go to Jesus, what? He will heal me and make me well. Would you not agree, and this is for all of us, everybody, that if we don't go to Jesus, we will go to things that will enslave us. We will go to escape to things that do not heal us, but actually make things worse in our hearts. So, the application is remembering in your mind right now, Jesus, you are good, your love is unfailing, and your faithfulness continues to me. You can heal. You can heal me. You can heal that relationship. It's not gonna be perfect, but you can. You can. You know what? Maybe you can't see or talk right now to a loved one or a parent or a child, but you can talk with God and ask for healing in that relationship right now. Why does this matter? Because if we don't feel, if we don't experience healing in the here and now, in other relationships, every other relationship will be impacted and not always for good. See, I, I don't spend time talking about generational curses. I like to spend time focusing on generational blessings. I will try to gently encourage people when they say, man, so, so I was talking to even, I talk to leaders even time. You know, there's been a history of uh, adultery in my family or addiction in my family, or that's just your lot in life, or that's just what happened to them. And I asked them, I said, do you want to be healed? And that means getting everybody and anything else out the way and going directly to what? The one who rescues us. Amen? The one who heals us. You guys, this is why the spiritual practices as a disciple of silence and solitude is so essential. This is why we need praises. This is why we need the Bible open. This is why we need community. But I wanna encourage you today that it is a real invitation from God to today to touch the garment of Jesus. To call, you could even, you know the best application to a message like this is that even right now as I'm preaching, you know what you're saying? God, I need your healing touch in my body, in my heart in my soul, in my, right now. Do you know this is the implication? This, and the devil is a liar. God is real right now. God, heal that relationship. Heal that relationship. Heal, and I wanna encourage you, church. This is the time. Don't let a little fly distract you from the reality of what God's saying. 
All I am looking for is somebody who would touch me. And guess what Jesus says? Jesus turned, verse 22, and seeing her said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Another translation says, your faith has healed you. I love uh, some commentary on this. This is the only time in the whole Bible that Jesus calls someone daughter. Do you see what Jesus does? Did he call her? Did he turn and say, you woman with the issue of blood, you who struggled with addiction, you who struggle with depression, you who've lost a loved one, you who've done this, you know what he does? He looks at her and he speaks over her, her true identity in Christ. Amen? So let me rephrase that. What is the life that you always wanted? To be healed. To be healed is not only physical healing, but it's to be made whole in your heart. Are you ready to be restored today? Are you ready to walk that out today? Maybe you need to ask God, give me faith, God. I'm struggling. God, give me faith today to make me well. Do you know that the invitation, the kingdom, the expansive rule and power and authority of God is that each and every one of you and each and every person on planet earth, guess what the invitation is? I want to make you whole. And I love that he speaks not just to us at our age now, or our circumstance or relationship now, he speaks to us the way that a parent speaks. Daughter. Daughter. Son. The life I always wanted and I didn't know was possible. My parents did everything for me. They're amazing. Grateful community country, nation, so blessed. They did so much, but there was only one person and savior who could give me the life that I always wanted. And it was way before kids, homes, cars, or anything else. And it will be way after all of the stuff. It's healing. It's wholeness. It's sonship. It's realizing that I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. You are a son and you're a daughter. Do you receive the word of Jesus to you today? The life you always wanted is to be made whole and to have your relationship restored with your father through Jesus. I have come so that you may have life and life to the full. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and generationally destroy. I have come so that you may have life, so that you may be made whole. Holy Spirit, you are the one who makes us 
well. I pray that right now, every person at the sound of my voice would come forward to you. I want to encourage anyone in this place, you're welcome to come on forward or right where you are, wherever you're listening or watching, right here, right now. In your mind, say, Jesus, you are my healer. Which means, church, we need humility to acknowledge before the Almighty that we need healing. You're in this space, in this, this room, and you say, I need that healing. You can just stretch out your hand. With eyes closed, no one see. This is such a private and intimate moment. Come on, let's stretch it out, whatever it may be. Stretch out your hand. You can do it down low, whatever, in a relationship with a parent and your soul, whatever it may be. Yes, I gotta believe there's more in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Stretch out our hands to you, Jesus. Come and make us whole. We declare in advance, like this woman who's no longer the woman with the issue of blood, but the daughter who said, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Would you repeat after me? If I only touch Jesus I will be made well. So Jesus says to you, take heart, son and daughter. And instantly, you give us faith and you give us hope that you are making us well. And that in the name of Jesus and the authority of God, we are healed and we are set free to live the life we always wanted with the confession I didn't even know what I needed or what I wanted but only you did God in Jesus name amen amen, amen. thank you Jesus